the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels Every so day when I do this show, I remember the stress of business owners in my family, of my mother, of guys at the South Water Market, of guys on the job site. The stress and the cost of government corruption. See, the ordinary people are the ones that pay it. These connected, inside, front-running scum, they never pay the cost. That's how Liz Cheney made $6 million a year for six years while she was Congresswoman. 16400 a day. She doesn't give a rip about the cost of bacon or the cost of energy. None of them do. They've got a nice little scam going. And we... Pay the cost, the ordinary people. Now, some guys do better than other guys, and they can afford it. But the principle is the same. This government has destroyed our currency. And they're continuing to do it. Well, they urinate in your ear and tell you it's raining. Ooh, the Dow Jones is up. CPI isn't as bad as it was. It's okay. It's right in line. The Fed may cut the rate. In the meantime, the ordinary, me and you, we flip the bill. And this scoundrel... Low-life fraud. Actor. Actor. Comes to town with his little transformer sweatshirt and gets more money for nothing. And we don't know where the hundreds of billions are. But what we do know is, prior to our intervention, you know, when, when Joe Biden was the vice president, he worked out a shady deal worth, to his family specifically, tens of millions. And he misused policies. So Instead of being investigated for that, he was given a promotion, like every other government scumbag. The dumber you are, the more money you miss. If you're connected to the right, how you doing? Then you get a raise and a promotion. And here we are today. And nobody's going to ask Zelensky about the $400 million traced to him in the Seymour Hirsch article. A Pulitzer Prize writing journalist on the left who said, you know, they're stealing a lot of money. In the most corrupt country in Europe. Not a question about it. We'll be wrapped into this, we can't let Putin win. Well, I'm kind of also interested in the civil war that was going on in Ukraine before Putin crossed any border. What happened to all those thousands of people that were killed? Are the people that are left, are they still in the conflict with Russia and their own government? Or how does it work? See, but I like questions. I also like to think for myself. So when I look at Warren Buffet also known as Buffett, that inside Democrat contributor. Why would he sell $28.7 billion worth of stock? He's in cash. 
And the market is great. Everything is great. It's great. Joe Biden, Bidenomics, great. Why is Bitcoin worth $41,000? And, oh, you're going to tell me about I don't give a rip about the argument of Bitcoin versus our bastardized Ponzi scheme currency. The reason it's worth $41,000 is because you're losing money every millisecond. Because what's never mentioned is that, once again, we've crossed the new record. And we are at $33,910,000,000. We're a week away from $34 trillion. And we're going to give this scoundrel, this scallywag, who doesn't have the decency, you come to my country and beg for money. You dress like a man, not some bum that you are. Because you and I both know that on your way to the airport back in Ukraine, you drove a $500,000 Rolls Royce there. Scumbag scoundrel. And where is Ihor Kolomoisky? Oh, I must be a Russian propaganda. No, not at all. I don't give a flying rip about the entire former Soviet Union. What I do give a rip about is my country and my people. I want to know how many of our guys, whether they're missionaries or not, have been killed over there. I want to know why your average age for your so-called army is what, 43 what the hell is going on? How many guys are dead? And what exactly have you done with our missing money? But then again, we're talking to Democrats. And they don't give a rip. Look at Joe Biden. Bust out. Never made more than a couple hundred thousand. He lives in at least $20 million worth of real estate. And the idiots that vote for him, they don't care. They're good, useful slaves. Which is why when he talks to the press... Like they're his landscapers. I personally love it. Thank you. For the press. For the press. Hey, whoa, whoa. Whoa, hush up a second, okay? The most corrupt political whore this country's ever had in any office. As we sit here today, we can trace tens of millions of dollars to him and his scumbag, low-life Jerry Springer show wretched crack se- crackhead son. And now he's going to tell the press, hush up. And you know what they do? They do it because they're slaves. Okay, one more thing to say. I just signed another $200 million drawdown for the Department of Defense for Ukraine, and that'll be coming quickly. Well, well, you just signed another $200 million drawdown without asking any of the questions of the scandal-ridden most corrupt country in Europe. So is that out of the 50 cents of the of the Pentagon money that you can account for? Or is that in the column of the 50 cents per dollar that goes into that shadowy institution that we've lost $6 trillion since 2004? Is that the one? See, because I don't think your signature is valid. You know, in the real world, children and people who are mentally ill, their signature isn't valid. See... I know you've got dementia, and it isn't just that stupid glazed face that you can't move your forehead because of the Botox. You've got dementia, and you don't know if it's Tuesday or July. But we know this year's Hanukkah is different. It's been 65 years since the deadliest day of the Jewish people since the Holocaust. Now, I don't really care that people will say, oh, he's old, because I just, I just smoke cigars with guys that are well into their 80s. There isn't a one of them that doesn't know World War II ended, if I'm kind, in 1945. Let alone how he glazed over the other Holocaust. You know, the one that the Islamo-Nazi, Hamas, Goat Casanovas, just perpetrated on October 7th. 
So the fact that he would say not, it's 65 years ago, by the way, if, for the, if there's a CPS student who can't figure out how to change the station on EM Red, it's 78 years, oh. if I'm kind, let alone when they started killing Jews at Kristallnacht and probably before. But we know this year's Hanukkah is different. It's been 65 years since the deadliest day of the Jewish people since the Holocaust. 65 Wrong. years. There should be an immediate movement to impeach and invalidate any of Joe Biden's laws, bills, because Joe Biden isn't qualified to be president. Now, that takes us to how he got to be president. You know, there's a big story that broke. Not a lot of people are going to read about it because it doesn't get news in a, in a country that profits from the government fraud, waste, and abuse, and the mafia itself. It turns out 20% admit to 2020 election fraud. Now, boy, that sounds very scandalous, doesn't it? Well, you could find this article. Here, I printed it out for you. I want to give it to the correct uh, uh, area here. Washington Examiner claims one in five admit to 2020 election fraud. Now, what this partakes in is the way in which the voter rolls were loosened, the voter laws were loosened by the federal government, not the states necessarily. And this is directly through ballot harvesting. And what the the 20% of people who voted by mail-in ballots admit to, filling out ballots for friends and family and strangers that asked him, asked them. This is the scandal, and you could read for it, you could read it yourself. But it got me thinking about how we're in this predicament and how they're fast-tracking this move to validate this whore, this mafia down. Because the insiders are reaping. I mean, I mean, there's never been more money made from everybody in on a government clout scam, ever. And we'll get to the UAW and their push to, to shake down non-union car manufacturers later. But the reality is, there's a lot. You're talking trillions of dollars. And the, the, the lack of interest into pointing out the economic fraud called Bidenomics means that it is the intention to destroy our currency. And that's what I'm doing the show for. I don't give a rip about rich people. Sorry, I don't. This is about those people struggling every minute of every day because we still have the luxury. The reason we're backing Zelensky is because we still want to pretend to be the world currency. And if any country wiggles against us, we'll kill you all or we'll go to war with you. We just need a good excuse. I don't want that. I want integrity in the system. And the only way you're going to get integrity in the system is by having integrity in the way these people get the job. So I want to cover a little bit more of what exactly happened in 2020 before I get so excited about 2024, of which I'm not, because nobody's explained to me why it won't happen again. When I woke up, okay, after voting, after watching the numbers, and I woke up at 5 o'clock on November the 4th, okay, when I woke up and I saw those numbers change the way they did in my state of Pennsylvania and across this nation to the point where they had excuses, where they had no reason, no reason in my mind, okay, when I went to sleep that evening at one thirty, two o'clock, I knew who that president was when I was going to wake up. That's not what happened. My vote was stolen. 20% as of today, 20% of people, that's a lot, by the way, in a country of 340 million, where they want you to believe 81 million voted for this dimwit. Wrong. This political whore. As if they couldn't figure out what Joe Biden was back when he was a senator or when he was Obama's vice president and the corruption that we are now living through because this is what happens when you devalue us our currency you destroy the lives of 
millions, tens of millions of people. Like, for instance, all of the good economy. Why isn't anybody talking about this? Yeah, we're talking about Hasbro here. It's the maker of Dungeons and Dragons, My Little Pony. I'm sure you're familiar. It's really been struggling post-pandemic. You're seeing those struggles continue now today. So these planned job cuts are going to take place over the next 18 to 24 months. They include 200 jobs that were left over from a previous round of job cuts. It's 1,100 at Hasbro. It's 4,000 at Truist Bank alone let alone all of the people that have been fired at UPS through the negotiations with the organized mafia called the Teamsters. Sorry, boys. I worked for you. I know what you are. And the, and the devastation to the UPS stock today, that's all of our 401ks, all of the people that have paid the cost of political corruption, because none of this would have happened if Joe Biden was not allowed to steal the office. There's a lot at stake. It's the control of the world economy. And this has to be addressed because I don't want to go through what I went through in 2020. You know, the election fraud and theft. Race for the White House. It's a cutthroat battle now for the final votes in key battleground states. Three things to know as you wake up on this Friday. First one, Joe Biden just pulled ahead of President Trump in Georgia. He's now ahead by more than 900 votes. There's still about 60,000 votes left to be counted there. Another state in the spotlight. Pennsylvania, President Trump barely ahead with 49.5% to Joe Biden's 49.2%. That race tightening throughout the night. 95% of the vote is expected in. Uh 95% of the vote. What happened with the 5% after the election was shut down? All 5% went specifically for the dimwood and diapers. Now you know 20% of the ballots were fraud. Right there. Another, Another proof of evidence that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president. Oh, but we're not supposed to talk about this. Really? Because I want to talk about it. I don't want to pretend that the next election has legitimacy if we can't clear up the last one. Because the reality is American Americans are, are, are going bankrupt. The trajectory of our economy is a Ponzi scheme as we are now at $34 trillion and nobody cares. And you're pretending CPI is good or that the job numbers are good. It's all a lie. Now, how do they keep it this way? Because they've managed to middle it. They've managed to middle the welfare scheme. Hey guys, it's your girl Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, I'm going to tell you how you can get $1,300 cash today. And this is the time when we need it most because this is all before the holiday rush. So $100 on your, on your food stamps, $200 on your Section 8 housing. This is why you have the, the rush of people who have suffered under corruption and mayhem and dictatorship around the world because all they have to do is get here and you get to live rich. Now, how do you fa- how do you pay for it? You shake down absolutely everyone. Everyone. Detroit. The United Auto Workers has filed unfair labor practice charges with the National Labor Relations Board against Honda Motor, Hyundai Motor and Volkswagen, accusing the automakers of unlawfully interfering with worker organizing. The U- that's from Reuters. That's why it sounds like a computer, because that's how they release the information. This is a new story. So the UAW that has cost GM has cost Ford's tens of thousands of workers were fired during that negotiation. And now what's the result of their so-called negotiation? The narrative from Ford is that them, they are matching production to what is there in terms of consumer demand. What that looks like in real terms is that they're currently building around 3,200 F-150 Lightnings a week. Next year, they'll build 1,600. The average- 
They're slashing their EV production that they renegotiated for, that they lost 30% of their workforce for because nobody wants their product. What about all the guys that are fired? Too bad. And in the meantime, what's the union going to do? They're going to shake down more victims. But I want these people to understand who exactly they're inviting in. The Dracula of mafia corruption. And this is where your money really goes, UAW boys and girls. All right, Jamie. Well, now it is 14 UAW officers headed to prison. This time, it's an underling in the St. Louis Regional Office. His name is Edward Nick Robinson. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you're a half-assed, pansy, butter-handed gangster, you get a nickname. So we're going to call you Nichols. Okay, Nichols? Latest to plead guilty to defrauding the union and its members. Rod Maloney, live at the federal courthouse. Rod, from the Fed's perspective, I guess you'd call Robinson a bit of a stepping stone to someone bigger. Goes all the way to the top, and it doesn't seem to matter. This organization of crime and mayhem, open and notorious, it's getting bigger under Joe Biden because he's a recipient of the crime back in 1972. Take a look at how he won the senator's election. Another election in scandal. And look at where we are when we don't focus on the integrity of how they get in office. I will not be a good slave, will you? 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. You know who's not laying off? Ukrainian lobbyists went from three to 34. Huh. That seems to be a hiring, an example of a, a, of a hiring boom. Why not? They're flush with cash. And by the way, they're going to always get more as long as Joe Biden is in office because he was the crook that cut the deal with them way before Putin thought of invading when he was just complaining about the Ukrainian government killing Russian-speaking people. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You better say thank you. Now, did you get the silver and the black Rolls Royce, or did you go with the black and gold? Something tells me you went with the black and gold. You got to show off, don't you? You're like the huggy bear of Ukraine. And that's all they did. That's all they did was yell and kiss his ass. Nobody asked about the $400 million. That Seymour Hirsch article was written eight months ago. Eight months ago, it's never been addressed. Not to mention the allegations of what we have. They're importing luxury vehicles. How does a country in the middle of a war that cannot exist without our money have, a, have an uptick in luxury vehicle sales? Gee, I don't know. I'm hoping Mike Jan- Johnson at least explains it. Thank you all for being here. Uh, just had a good meeting with President Zelensky. I reiterated to him that we stand with him and against Putin's brutal invasion. I guess not. That's what I don't like about him. Talk like a man. I'm tired of this polite going into bankruptcy, supporting corruption of the Biden crime family and the rest of the Democrat mafia. Talk like a man. Uh, the American people stand for freedom, and they're on the right side of this fight. I have asked... The- really? How about the American people that see the scam and want you to stop funding the beast and starve it? The White House, since the day that I was handed the gavel as speaker... For clarity, we need a clear articulation of the strategy to allow Ukraine to win. And thus far, their responses have been insufficient. They have not provided us the clarity and the detail that we have requested over and over since literally 24 hours after I was President handed the Zelensky's gavel. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. 
It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. $400 million. Apparently, this was done last year. Do you remember what else? I want questions answered now. I don't even want, in fact, I don't even want you to think about giving another penny. Not another penny. Let the scumbag steal the money that we uh, appropriated for our boys and girls to feed them. Because as we know, Joe Biden doesn't give a rip about American soldiers. We saw that in Afghanistan and every other policy he's, he's uh, perpetrated over the last 50 years. But what about the money you kicked out instantaneously? What about that new system you created specifically for the most corrupt country in Europe? One of the things that Congress has given USAID uh, since this full-scale invasion began is an unprecedented amount of money Mm -hmm. in direct budget support, which sounds kind of obvious. Of course, we would do that. We want to stand with Ukraine. But it's totally unprecedented, these, this kind of scale of investment. And we're talking in, along the lines of about $15 billion. This was in the beginning, in, Squirrel. In a sense, cash to Put the Ukrainian Put a one in front of that. Mm-hmm. Which was famously corrupt, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in past years and still has work, as you noted, to do on corruption today. I don't know if we could have gotten that money out of Congress, if not for DIA. Mm-hmm. Because what DIA allows us to do is that direct budget support goes, yes, to the Ukrainian government, but then it goes to pay teachers, to pay healthcare workers, to pay first responders. And there's a digital trail. It's not, you know, some official deciding this or that. It actually is going directly. In- I wonder if they keep an eye on it like they do for the Chicago public school system. You know, the one where the principal stole 25 million for milk. 312-642-5600. <laughs> I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. Prior to Joe Biden stealing, I mean, uh, acquiring, stealing the most important office in the world. Union membership was on the lowest end it's ever been. Since Joe Biden has acquired the most important office in the world, it's thrived. Why? Because it's a shakedown organization. Union said Monday. UAW alleges management at three facilities for Honda in Greensburg, Indiana, Hyundai in Montgomery, Alabama, and Volkswagen in Chattanooga, Tennessee, have participated in illegal union busting as workers organized to join the UAW. Well, they, they like when their cars work. Uh, the other thing you have to understand is their workers make more on average, but they get to fire their workers, unlike... The wise guys. No doubt about it, Devin. He's going to be, he is, in fact, cooperating with the FBI. uh, And they're going after some unnamed union officials higher up the food chain than Edward Nick Robinson. And it's all in here. And they're unnamed officials that we'd like to know the names of. Well, you didn't get to learn the names. In fact, it was squashed by the FBI. That story is the two years into the Trump administration. And then when the Biden administration got in, they forgot all the cases. 
It's a black eye for the UAW and Fiat Chrysler, an indictment of top contract negotiators illegally taking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And tonight, another UAW negotiator, Verdell King, facing charges in the same case. Business editor Rod Maloney live tonight as the corruption. I think it's $12 million in the last 15 years. It might be more. But the UAW workers, they don't care about the money that was stolen from them. No, no, no. They just want something for nothing. A guaranteed contract. Most of them. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you tonight? Splendid. How are you? Good. Uh, first of all, Sean, I want to tell you again. Biden only got 40 million votes, and they times it by two. That's how he got the 80 million. Okay? <laughs> all right. I, I knew there would be a math in there that. somewhere. All right. Very good. Okay. All right. And the next thing is, these polls that are coming out where Trump is ahead, I don't believe in any of them. Because I believe the people that are making these polls are Democrats, and they want the Republicans to think that that Trump has uh, has the uh, election in the bag, and so a lot of them may not go out and vote. Wow! So that's what they're trying to do. I'll I'll agree with I'll agree with the manipulation aspect of your allegation. I will agree with it, but I think you need a caveat. And that caveat is, if anybody with plastic hair tries to give you advice or tell you a truth, he's starting off by lying to you by his appearance, like Frank Lutz the Putz. But at the end, if, they, if that doesn't work, yeah. you know they're going to have votes stashed somewhere, and they'll, uh, they'll come up with them at, at the end. Rich, so would you do me a well, favor? What we would you yeah. go on, 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 on Google's evil YouTube and uh, just type in the little search bar, Frank Lutz, Oval Office, and watch him on MSNBC as a pollster, who's also a lobbyist, okay. but he doesn't want you to know that, has a conversation with, I believe it's CNBC, I could be wrong, and he goes into this dissertation how he spent $1 million in his condo to have an exact replica of the Oval Office, and you tell me two things. Number one, how does a pollster have a $1 million to spend on one room in his condo? One room <laughs> in his condo. And uh, number two, shouldn't that be something that disqualifies you from commenting if you can't explain how you made that money? And then realize Kevin McCarthy used to rent a room from him and say he was his roommate. Start to make sense to you? You can search it all for yourself. You don't have to believe me, but just take a look at that. And by the way, he's back. Frank Lutz is back on all the news shows telling you what the polls are. There's a lot of money in deceiving the people. There's a lot of money in, in collectivism. And that's what we're victims of. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the call. Craig and Monk, Greenwood. Sean, thanks for taking my call. And uh, here's the deal. I can't hand you a uh, cigar over the phone, so i got to give you a compliment here. Oh, right. uh, from time to time, I, I've got like a new individual that I cross paths with. I get to talk to them about uh, things and that. And when they're receptive to that, I basically mentioned them uh, about uh, listening to 560. Oh. Now, one of these guys came back. Like my personal agent. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. This guy came back and he says, man, he says, he couldn't believe, he says, I can't believe what I'm hearing and everything. He's basically, uh, no, he's, well, here's my, here's my point. You got to keep doing what you're doing, brother, because as people like, and even when we repeat things, because day in and day out, your consistency of covering the important topics and doing the things the way you do it, it's super helpful for the cause because they go and they tell somebody, I got 
people at work, they're all, they're all listening to you. <laughs> it's, oh, it's I appreciate that. And here's the thing, Craig. Listen, don't thank me. This is something I've been doing all my life, and I got the, I got the busted nose and cheekbone to prove it. Thank the people at AM560 who, under great duress, have the courage to keep the show on the air. I appreciate you, brother, very much. This is, I'll do this till the day I die. As uh, you know, I'm a proud infidel. Tony and Bartlett. Sean, two quick comments. The auto workers, I, I'm not sure, but I believe Honda and Hyundai are non-union shops. Oh, they're all non-union. I think, I think the UAWs, they're, well, the UAW, they're going to price the local automakers out of the market. Listen, Tony, I, I, this, is, this is a particular stone in my shoe. My grandfather was the number two Delco distributor in Illinois. All right, I'm going back to the 40s. I'll never forget, I was a kid. He read the union contract in the 70s, read the UAW contract and threw it on the counter. I could see him. I could smell it. The, the auto parts store with the solvent and the grease and everything. And he said, this is it. It's over with. It's over with. They destroyed GM. And you could trace it back to that contract and see the destruction of not just the principles of a private company, but you do realize it's backdoor nationalized. Before they cut the deal with the UAW this last time, they secured a loan that the government underwrote and they used Wall Street as a middleman for $6 billion. In the negotiation, they fired thousands of workers. Yep. Just like UPS. And you look at UPS, who doesn't have the backdoor nationalization. Look at UPS's stock was trading at $219. It's down $70 today. And they fired thousands of guys to cut that contract. What this organized labor mafia does is, is take over the, the decisions for the company and they destroy it. And, and, and listen, Tony, this, my opinion isn't a, an opinion that I just have because I read a book. I worked in it. I know what it is. Take a look at these these higher-ups. You think I play these stories, I make them up? These are just all over the, 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 the Internet. This is just in the last seven years, six years. It's every five years there's more trouble. And it doesn't matter. The FBI, what do they do with them? Here. The 72-year-old Robinson Bald, and in the light blue suit here, is the former UAW Region 5 Community Action Program president. Ooh, there's a long title. This dirty son of a dog robbed the workers. Hundreds of thousands of dollars just as one guy. It's insane, Tony. It's 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 outrageous. There's no end to it, and 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 it's never like they're getting simple cost of living raises. I mean, they were forty percent raise. They wanted their pension plans reestablished and all this other kind of stuff. They're pricing themselves out of the market. Nobody's going to afford it. Where's all the small businesses that were around? Where's all the worker shops? Where's all the auto parts stores? Where are they all? They're destroying. It's a listen. This isn't about pay for workers this is about controlling workers so that you teach them how to be mediocre this is about stifling the individual worker where's the individuality in any union there's no such thing this is the same principle of every socialist country that destroyed never forget the national socialist worker party had uniforms back in world war ii thank you brother that's right thank you 312-642-5600 Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
Much better times. No inflation back then, squirrel. All right, before I move on, Bill in Cape Coral, Florida. Now, Bill, before yes, we sir. get to your to your point, are you my Bill from Big Eight Barbecue? No, no. Okay. Did no. you ever go there? Uh, no, but um, oh, you I got it. We just done playing golf. But I'm going to tell you this: uh, right. there's a there's a form, the FBI form, is called the Domestic Investigations and Operations Guide, the Diog. All right. On page 57 of that long form, there's rules that the agent has to follow that says, while you're investigating somebody for this, uh, whatever your investigation is, if you be- uh, come across somebody of newsworthy, and then they uh, tell you what newsworthy means, clergy, movie star, a news person, um, politician, you have to stop your investigation and notify headquarters. Why now, wh- would you have to? Why? Because exactly. they're going to tip them off and tell them, hey, they're on to you, dude. You better get your act together. Page I mean, 57, read you, you want to talk about the tale of two worlds. That, that right there explains how the FBI headquarters, a quarter mile away from the most successful mafia that this country has ever seen in the name of Mike Madigan, just existed for five decades. You know, that's astonishing yeah. to me, Bill. Growing up, you always heard about this short-in-the-pants mobster. You always. Every kid knows his name. It's unbelievable. Go to Big Egg Barbecue, will you, Bill, and get the brisket. Tell tell the other Bill, the bald one, you're a friend of mine. you got to try the potato salad. I drive an hour for the brisket. Thank you, babe. All right. Yeah, can't beat the brisket in Cape Coral. Who would have known? Uh, in the meantime, before I move on, I want you to uh, understand we're paying the health care workers in Ukraine. We're paying the firefighters, the entire infrastructure. We're broke. We're at $34 trillion. We're broke. And then I had to hear... Some sad stuff today. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. I don't like the idea that we're a second-class citizen and we're the one flipping the bill. I absolutely don't like it. But then again, when you present it as a gift, are you out of your mind? Congress needs to pass a supplemental funding for Ukraine before they break a holiday recess, before they give Putin the greatest Christmas gift they could possibly give him. And uh, so because we've seen what happens when dictators don't pay the price for the damage and the death and the destruction they cause, and they keep going when no price is paid. Just writing checks. Our Congress is who spends the money, not the whore that we can trace specifically back to corruption in the terms of tens of millions to this one country. And in the meantime, what's, the, what's it look like for our our American health care system. On, on top of spending $15,000 more annually just to afford basic goods, American families, we all re- know right now, are struggling. And they have to contend now, of course, with uh, needlessly opaque, inefficient, and an unaffordable health care system. We have to do something about that. So the, the lower cost, more transparency act that we'll pass uh, is our House Republicans making good on our efforts to bring down the cost of health care and empower American people to make their own health care decisions and not have the government and bureaucrats in the way. And here's the kicker. As was noted, the entire package is fully offset. And so it actually reduces the deficit by more than $700 million. What a concept. Republicans are committed to making health care more affordable and prices more transparent, and we are committed. The average health care plan in this country, whether your company pays for it or not, is $2,200. 2200 and the healthcare system we have now is nothing 
in comparison to what we had prior to Obamacare. And we have the audacity to pay Ukraine's health care. Look at how many. How do you tell how many businesses closed? How many people went bankrupt because of Obamacare? And this government is going to write blank checks to the most corrupt country in Europe before they ever even solved our problems? Doesn't that just explain every Democrat area in this country? Every communist, corrupt, socialist area around the world? That's who these Democrats are. No wonder they bribe the corrupt Ukrainians. They're just like them. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so The legacy of American media goes back to when we were colonies. Principles of a contentious media, the freedom to go after scandal in government, is what was meant to keep us free. That is under assault and has been for decades, as our now mainstream media resembles Pravda more than it does the media, the media in American history. But not everybody's like that. In fact, there are very good people fighting tirelessly to keep the principles of a contentious media in place, a media that's curious about the waste, fraud, and abuse that is government spending. My next guest is one of those people. He didn't start out that way, though. He started out at NPR and PBS. But it was there he learned it's time to be inquisitive. And now he's excellent at it. He's a Capitol Hill reporter for the Washington Times. He's Ramsey Touchberry. Ramsey, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. See how I took advantage of you working at NPR and uh, PBS? <laughs> See what I did there? But in the meantime, that's what, that's what cultivated you. I'm sure you were curious prior to that. But I love that you're attacking the goldish the golden goose of corruption, and that is eco-Nazism. Because under that veil, you can hide a lot of corruption, can't you? You know, it's certainly one of those uh, troves that have, you know, received a lot of government funding recently, and um, that's sort of one thing that we've uncovered here with environmental justice funding. So you know what's interesting? I pay attention a lot to the principles of an honest capitalism, where the property rights of the ordinary citizen... Are, are represented. And then I always watch at the backdoor nationalization of, of that economy. And now you're in this soiree of Keynesianism, they call it, but what are, it's we're way worse than Keynesianism. And it's through the, the, the corruption and the booms and busts that government really takes advantage. But this is unlike that, because the entire industry would not exist if it wasn't for government mandate, steering of industry, pretending of demand. And when you look at this last employment report they say 49,000 people were hired by the government it's the second largest but the first largest are recipients of government spending so when you really break it down the only jobs that exist under under this last hiring of of November are all government funding and that's the way they hide the corruption but what have you uncovered when it comes to Biden's agenda of green energy they don't even have to hide it do they 
Well, what we found here was that um, with some EPA funding, um, they are uh, essentially what the allegations are is they're running interference on members of Congress who are trying to undercover how the EPA has used some environmental justice funding from President Biden's American Rescue Plan. That was the COVID era relief um, program. And um, here specifically, you know, Senator Chuck Grassley, he's top Republican on Senate Budget Committee. Um, he's been trying for months to figure out where some, you know, $4.3 million went for certain environmental justice programs. Um, that We know where the money went in terms of organizations, but um, he's been trying to figure out what exactly it went to. Uh, and come to find out that uh, the EPA had essentially stepped in and told these organizations not to um, reveal detailed information about the sort of programs uh, and funding it's being used for. Um, this is, you know, just uh, sort of drop in the bucket in terms of the amount of environmental justice that's been improved in recent years. Um, you know, under the same bill, the American Rescue Plan, you have 50 million in total for environmental justice funding, and now. You know, when you include the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the administration is in the final process of actually doling out a total of nearly $2 billion. So in this case, we're just talking about $4.3 million, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, there's some $2 billion that is going towards um, this environmental justice efforts. Well, it's fascinating when you, when, you, when you listen to this and you're talking to a Chicago audience. And what took place in Chicago um, recently is that tainted ground was ignored because the government cut a deal with some insiders and they were going to put illegal immigrants there. And there were no EPA rules. But when you're in the real estate business uh, in general, you realize you can't do anything without the, the approval of the EPA and the strength that they have over transactions of, of regular property itself. And then when you look at the way in which they're willing to skew the rules when, it, when it's an inside government deal, the reality is the EPA appears to be just another government bureaucracy that doesn't stand on the principle of anything, but kind of reaps the reward of both the funding and uh, they abide by the rubber stamp of what the government wants them to do in any case, don't they? So I'm not familiar with that specific case, but I will say when it comes to, you know, taxpayer-funded grants like this, um, it is typically the case that these organizations that receive this money are willing to comply, but it, it can depend on how much the, the EPA is sort of allowing them to comply. And in this case, we saw the EPA want to not disclose how the money is being used. So, you know, again, if you have a top-down approach of, you know, your administrative agencies to you know, not be as transparent as you could be, you know, that that's how they're going to act. And that's, you know, what they're going to do in this case. Um, again, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, but you know, in, in many cases we have seen that through trying to figure out just details about a lot of, you know, this money that's been doled out over the past years. Um, it's oftentimes hard to get details about it. Did, were you able to find out, you know, the EPA, whenever we talk about it, it just, it just, is, it, it, it really irritates me that it was created by a Republican, Richard Nixon. And then there's the other problem with these bureaucracies. Oftentimes they're incentivized to find companies. So in essence, it's a license to pollute. They're not really interested in the issue at hand. They're more interested in the fine. And uh, my understanding years ago was a scandal where we were, were able to learn that a lot of these bureaucracies keep a portion of the fine 
in their own budget. I mean, how much oversight do we have on these bureaucracies if they can arbitrarily say, I don't want to tell you? I mean, is everything like the Pentagon, where one day it'll be normal to lose 50 cents of every dollar that goes into it? So, Congress has as much oversight as they want over these agencies. But if these agencies decide that they want to throw up a bunch of roadblocks to get around those, you then have to take legal routes. Oftentimes, you have to threaten to withhold uh, budget money to these agencies. Um, things like that, they begin to really respond to. And so, um, you know, that's obviously not something you're going to see, you know, Democrats on Capitol Hill do. Um, you know, they're, they're very supportive of a lot of this environmental justice funding for the EPA. Obviously, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act was a major, you know, green energy initiative by President Biden. Um, so they're not going to take those certain, you know, sort of enforcement measures to, you know, force the agency's hands to be more transparent. Um, it's not always the case, but, you know, in, in this case, you know, that's, that's what we're seeing happening. And the will of the people be damned. See, I'm old enough to remember when it was supposed to be an ice age. I'm also old enough to remember when the vice president, after losing the vice presidency, Al Gore made a, a, a tremendous amount of money predicting by 2012 we wouldn't be able to walk outside because it would be so hot. It seems to be immune to actual fact. And they keep waving the, the flag of undeniable science, but it also seems to be undeniable that the American people are kind of losing their tolerance for these fear-mongering predictions. Do you think that government is aware of the climate of the country and how the, the citizens themselves don't believe what they're telling them? Well, I, I think it's important to keep in mind a lot of these agencies are run by, you know, career officials, so they're not, you know, uh, in the political positions that, you know, you and I may think of or the average person may think of, you know, when they think of the secretaries of these agencies or, you know, the top leaders that are, you know, nominated by the president and confirmed by the Senate. Um, I think, you know, folks' frustration lies with those types of people who are, you know, these political appointees and they're more thinking about the politics of not just their agency, but um, sort of the actions of their agency and how that, you know, plays for their own administration. Um, so, you know, most career folks, though, that you will speak to and very, you know, for instance, at the EPA, you know, a lot of these people are, I'm not thinking about the politics of it. They are, you know, sort of wonky policy folks who, um, you know, probably <laughs> feel the frustration of folks because they might have the same frustrations themselves working uh, in government and, you know, dealing with the bureaucracy themselves. Um, but again, uh, you know, the, the folks at the top, you know, who are the public figures are, are the ones, you know, we always associate with and, um, you know, sort of direct our anger at. You know, what's interesting to me is that these same advocates to, uh, kind of control behavior of not just citizens but businesses. The same government that talks about how businesses that were existing long before they won their congressional seat or their Senate seat are now in violation and must be knuckled under and how we're going to transition into this so-called clean energy versus the only true renewable energy called coal or natural gas or oil. But it, it seems to be that these are the same guys that advocate for unlimited weapons to a former Soviet Union, and they don't seem to talk about the environment. Do we know what the greenhouse gas effect is of the war in Ukraine or the war in the Middle East or the war in Africa or the war in Syria? Do we have any data from the EPA on what a cluster bomb leaves to the greenhouse gases? Uh, 
I certainly don't know off the top of my head, but I know it's not good. <laughs> I know there's I know there's been research out there um, about that, and actually, I think in the beginning of the uh, Russia Ukraine war, I think there were some stories actually published about that. Um, you know, highlighting you know the environmental angle of it, uh, and yeah, it's it's definitely not good. Um, I think a good example though uh, of sort of this general topic is, for instance, you know, some of the administration's. Um, emissions proposals through the EPA, such as, you know, trying to uh, transition over to EVs, uh, trying to, you know, phase out the use of gas-powered cars, you know, that is a proposed EPA rule, but it doesn't come from, you know, these career officials who have been there forever and are writing policy. It comes from, you know, the politically-minded folks who, you know, are, again, appointed by the president, installed by, you know, his nominees, Um, and obviously, you know, the EPA under the Trump administration was not proposing stuff like that because that's not what his um, folks were interested in. And so, again, you know, it really these agencies really morph depending on who is in the White House. That's a shame because that's every four years. And what's funny is we are witnessing a reversal, whether they want to or not, as Ford is cutting production of their F-150 in half. And you see that the, the the American people are not buying these EVs. After all, most American people work for a living, and they realize those holes in the wall aren't magic, and their electric bill goes up, and you do the cost and the fact that they're trying to fake the stations all across the country and the massive billions of money we're losing. But there is a place where electric vehicles are selling, along with luxury vehicles, and that's Ukraine. You dropped another article today that talks about Zelensky and the valve for transparency. Seymour Hirsch wrote an article eight months ago that claims that Zelensky himself and his cabinet have misappropriated or practically stolen $400 million. What's to make you think that this uh, won't happen again with more U.S. aid when we can't find so much of it already? So he did make that vow today. Um, he met uh, for around an hour with senators before he went over to the House side. Um, and, you know, what I was told from lawmakers in the room is that he vowed for, you know, more transparency and sort of to root out corruption. Um, I can tell you from my conversations with Republican senators who are in favor of giving more Ukraine aid, they so far feel satisfied with the way Zelensky has handled some of the corruption um, that we've seen, you know, in his ranks in the past. Um, they noted examples of him, you know, removing high-ranking officials um, and sort of prosecuting them. And, and they so far feel satisfied with how he's approached it. Um, but I know that that is, you know, a, a definitely a very big concern, um, especially when you're talking about so much money that's going out the door so quickly. I mean, is that the part that shocks you, as it does me, the idea that hundreds of billions of dollars are pretty much in the hands of guys who at a whim can say, ah, I'm satisfied. Let's kick it out. Even though we have no idea about the hundreds of millions that are already missing. I mean, basically, it's the perfect system of fraud. After all, we got, what, 535 guys between Congress and the Senate? All you have to do is get the majority of them on your side, and happy days are here again, right? You're driving a a, a Rolls-Royce shadow. Yeah, most of them are in favor of it right now. Um, But I think that's, you know, that's one of the sort of, persistent questions now is that, you know, how long does this last? Um, How much more aid will be needed? You know, what's the timeline for things like this? You know, obviously, in the fog of war, those are questions that are very much in flux. And, you know, even the Republicans who support the Ukraine aid, you know, their argument is better to bite the bullet now, cheaper to do that now than in the end have 
to, you know, send actual boots on the ground over there. Um, but certainly, you know, even amongst the folks who support the aid, it's still um, a concern about, you know, sort of the, the transparency component of all this. Has there been any questions as to what happened to the elections in Ukraine? I mean, I, I, I've been beat over the head with the fact that they're a democracy, you know, rather than a former corrupt Soviet state the way I view them. But they're a democracy and they have all these rules in place. Yet it seems to be there's very uh, there's not much pushback against the, the Zelensky agenda. Uh, the media company that would report negatively on Zelensky seems to be out of business. And I know they were supposed to have elections about six months ago. Has there been any conversation with Zelensky who promises to be a good boy this time? as to if they'll reinstate the will of the Ukrainian people? That subject has not been one that lawmakers up here have talked about, at least that I've heard of. Um, maybe a, a few comments here and there about it, but uh, that is certainly not, you know, at the forefront of a lot of these folks' minds. And um, I would, you know, venture to guess that there's a good amount of them who that wouldn't that subject wouldn't even be on their radar. They may not even you know, know that that is something that's, you know, been talked about over there. As a young reporter, don't you find that shocking as as one of the impeachments of Donald Trump was linked directly to a phone call with this very caballero? Isn't that something that's astonishing? All you have to do to be a good guy is just forget that he his phone call with Trump was used as a reason to impeach Trump. Having covered Congress since 2018, I'll say by now, uh, there is very little <laughs> that actually surprises me up here. Um, See, this is what I'm going to love about you, because when you because you're a young man, when you get sick and tired of this and you throw everything in the ring and you go to some remote island um, and to write novels, I know I'm going to be the show you come on because I've always appreciated <laughs> your honesty in reporting for now. Uh, you dropped the article today on the Zelensky transparency. I know there's enough for you to already be working on. What do you have next? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Congress is out at the end of this week. Um, they'll be gone for presumably three weeks. So until the first week, of, uh, I'm sorry, until the second week of January. Um, so that means no, you know, emergency aid in the meantime, um, no budget progress in the meantime. Um, yeah. So there's going to be a bit of a lull, a bit of a quiet period. Um, but I think some campaign stuff will ramp up. Um, we'll have a few stories. Uh, looking at some of the, the vulnerable Senate Democrats up for re-election next year. It's a tough campaign map for them. Um, and it's a big question of, you know, whether they can hold on to the Senate. Right now, it looks like um, they'll need to win every seat, plus maintain the White House. Otherwise, Republicans yeah. have a, a good shot at coming back in. I wonder if, you, uh, if you're bored. And around Christmas time, you know how it gets. The family comes around, they annoy you. <laughs> uh, look in the Liz Cheney, will you, for me? Because I'm still I'm flabbergasted at the fact that when she was elected six years ago, she was worth $7 million. When she left office, she was worth 44. She made $6 million a year, which is $16,400 and change every day, 365 days a year while she was in Congress. I still don't know what the hell she did. And maybe you could cut yourself in on a little bit of that policy front-running, because that seems to be an astonishing reality of so many of these Congress people who get wealthy, and they're always on vacation. My whole life revolves around them on vacation. Well, you know, the quickest way to become a millionaire now is you just run for president, and then you're good. Come on, you've got the name, Ramsey Touchberry. I love the name. You've got the name to be, you could be President Ramsey Touchberry. In the meantime, you've got the character that if you ever get to that position, I'll be a lot better off, and so will me, my uh, kids and unborn grandkids. I appreciate your integrity, your honesty, and your work. Thank you, Ramsey, for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 
We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I was actually watching a movie over the weekend, and I was thinking about Food for the Poor. And I'll tell you why. The movie was called Sound of Freedom, and it took advantage of these third world nations that have a very, very, very relaxed system of everything, let alone when it comes to feeding their poor. And Food for the Poor has been around for 40 years in 17 different countries, focusing mainly on these countries. I am proud to be joined by Anitra Parmelli. Anitra, thank you for joining me. How are you? I am wonderful, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Your listeners are responding to that need for hunger, not only with generosity, but also with compassion. Well, it's an interesting time, right? As so many uh, Americans are suffering under the failed economics of our country right now, as we're all strapped with inflation. What I love about what you do is that even in these times, you deliver a tremendous amount of value for a charitable contribution that many people have a hard time giving, but they know that when they give it, 90 cents out of every dollar goes towards the mission itself. And you've been doing this for 40 years in 17 different countries, and I want to beat Dan Proft in the morning. So give me the call of action phone number (laughs) so my people can kick the morning show's ass. Well, it is my pleasure. I'll do anything I can. I love a a little competition in the evening that'll... That'll do it for me. The phone number where you can call right in and make your best gap is, I'm looking for it right now. Oh, I got my food for the poor. Let me know. Do I have it? I don't have it. Wait, I can get it, though. Go ahead. I gave it to you. I wanted to, I wanted to tee it up because last time we talked, I think I might have forgot it, but I do such a good job during the commercial breaks, they remembered it. Exactly. And you can always go to am560theanswer.com. Just click on that red banner. It also has the toll-free mo- number listed. Forgive me. I, I managed to delete it right as I was looking at it. So that was total terror. Total 844-862-4673. 844-862-4673 or go to 560theanswer.com slash food for the poor. I love to put you on the grill, but the main part is you don't have time to remember everything because you're doing everything. And it's amazing what you've been able to do. And I, as I was watching that Sound of Freedom, these are the countries you've been helping the people. And I'm sure you saw, did you see the movie? No, not yet, but now, now I can't wait. No, because what it does is it shows how 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 terrible people take advantage of poor people and how desperate people are and how susceptible to bad things they are if they're if they're fighting for their own survival if they're trying to stay alive and how they're looking for basically anything because life is so hard in these third world hellholes and, and that's how I call it but I speak plain because I'm from the from the area where there's either truth or there's lies and the idea that you are providing good things good things for people, by delivering hope that is a hopeless situation. And the longevity you've had, the infrastructure you have, is why for 80 bucks you can feed two kids for a year. It's astonishing to me as a guy who has, you know, orders pizzas for his family and it's $80. Right. Right. My sister has seven kids, so we don't go to the grocery store and spend $80 and buy 
two of our children food for a year. But you're exactly right. It's because we have been in this space feeding people, providing them the most basic need for 40 years. So that means the logistics are honed to a science. That means the relationship with authorities means we pay very little, if anything, in terms of tariffs. We buy locally when that's appropriate to to stir the economy. The government of Taiwan donates every year. Many people don't even realize this. Tons of rice to go into Haiti. So your gift positions it and gets it to those who need it most because food for the poor is known in so many of these countries. When I travel, when I meet the families on the other end of your gift of $80, providing two children with food for a year, so often they say, I felt forgotten. These are people, Sean, often without any safety net. Where in the U.S., when there is food insecurity, we have food banks. We have neighbors. We have systems. It doesn't lighten the suffering, but it makes sure that nobody is going to die of malnutrition outside of malfeasance. You know, in Latin America, you know, Guatemala, that's not true. Yeah. You know, Anitra, when you talk to me, I'm a policy junkie. Okay. And it's, a, it, it, it's amazing when you think of how, how easy it is to put you out of business, which is what I hope, ironically, is a, is a world where you're not needed anymore. But the reality is this particular country has so much misappropriation, so much that could go. And what you do, what you've been able to do with $15 billion, the life-sustaining food you've been able to deliver, that's the rounding error of a failed policy in this country. It's a shame. But you do it because you do it with people's private money. And you respect that money and you deliver a service and a product. And I'm thinking if there could just be one policy that every year Food for the Poor gets the $15 billion, how many millions and millions of people you'll be able to save? Because that's what you've done with $15 billion. You're a testimony to integrity, honesty, and what can be done if you have the right intention. Well, Chuck and Cedar Lake certainly gets it. He gave a gift of $80. So grateful for him stepping up and making a difference. Two children will eat Chuck for the next year. Jerry is in Pelos Heights. He gave $240. Julene and Stephen, stepping forward from Franklin Park, gave a gift of $320. Each of them saying, not on my watch. They talk mm-hmm. about a return on investment from your gift right now. To, to think, $240 provide six children food for a year. We're talking about Christmas, the New Year's, Easter, uh, on through the heat of summer into fall. I mean, when we're celebrating Thanksgiving in America, these families will still be rejoicing and thankful because of your gift right now. And the gift is doubled because of a match. So that match is on the table for your listeners, Sean, right now. That's fantastic. And you know what else I love? As a guy who's run businesses, I still do. The idea that for $2,500, not only do you get the 41-minute commercials because of our arrangement, which I love and I'm so proud of, 41-minute commercials right here on this station from 5 in the morning till 8 in the evening, but you're feeding 65 children because of your exceptional way that you handle this. 65 kids. And, you know, the, the guy who hates waste, fraud, and abuse, I love the fact it's tax deductible. Another 2500 the government doesn't get the waste. It's a trifecta of winning. 
It really is. And imagine, I mean, I'm a visual person, so when you say 65, those are, are two digits on a page until I think that's the equivalent of three of your children's classrooms or your grandchildren. And yeah. all of a sudden, those classrooms Easy. populated with sweet faces that are going to eat because of your business's commitment to make a difference globally, it's hard to imagine. I'm not a grandfather yet, even though I sound old. I don't have any uh, uh, son-in-laws that I want to strangle yet. But I do appreciate the sentiment. In the meantime, I more appreciate the I more appreciate the company you work for. Thank you so much, Anitra, it's, for doing what you do. Give us that. Joy. Go ahead. Oh, the number that yeah. I found. Thank you for providing that. Eight four four eight six four hope. Eight four four eight six four four six seven three. And as always, if we rushed through it, you can find the number or just click to give right there at 560 AM, The Answer. So grateful to you, Sean, and to your listeners who are such heroes. Thank you so much, Anitra. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Now back to our own atrocities. Think about the money that we've given the most corrupt country in Europe. Hundreds? What is it? $128 billion? What about all this slippage? $200 million here. Didn't Lloyd Austin, the greatest broker Raytheon ever have, didn't he just give him $100 million two weeks ago? They're blowing through the money. Think about what that money could do in the hands of food for the poor. They would be out of business. That's the difference. Think about all of these policies where we don't have a say-so in it. None of it. Just keep spending our fracking money. You show up in your $6,000 suits, you live in your million-dollar mansions on the ocean, preaching nonsense like rising oceans. Not everybody's stupid enough to be a Democrat. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Good to talk to you. You too. Uh, I have one uh, comment and one question for you. All right. The, I, I have deja vu about this because I think we talked about this at another point about how how reckless the government is with uh, polluting. Yeah. You know, you look blowing at up stuff June. has to be uh, not good for the environment. But go ahead. No, and. You know, they they used to dump airplanes off uh, aircraft carriers out in the great, you know, out in Lake Michigan. And when they got rid of Fort... You mean the ocean? I don't know how many aircraft carriers are in Lake Michigan, but I'd love to see one. But go ahead. Oh, they bring one in. But anyhow, whatever. Um, And when they redid Fort Sheridan, they, you know, they closed it. And then somebody bought it, turned it into a, you know, home... A bunch of homes, and uh, before they did that, they had to pick up a bunch of munitions, and you know they just uh-huh. throw it in a hole somewhere, and you know some <laughs> yeah. kid's going to go digging around and find a missile. But yeah, but these uh, are the guys that are going to use the, use environment rules against uh, against businesses that are trying to get off the ground. If you have a trucking company or a fencing company or something else. Oh like yeah, that. oh yeah. for sure. Don't throw a cigarette butt on the ground. Go ahead. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll vacuum you up. So what but was the question? The question was, mm-hmm. how does food for the poor 
you know, they go into some pretty sketchy places. How do they avoid all the mayhem? I don't think okay, they avoid it. You no, know, or I, I don't think they avoid it. Did you ever? Did you ever? Um, they go right in it. They go right in the in the areas that are controlled by the gangs. You have to understand the gangs know that they're starving kids there. It's like the city of yeah. Chicago. You can go in the city of Chicago if you're if you're there to help the people on the south side in the terrible areas in the ghettos. I remember this when I was a kid. As long as you're yeah. there to, to 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 help, the gangs will let you come in. It's if they think they can capitalize on you, so you don't go there driving a an Escalade. Uh, waving money around. But, you know, they do it because, listen, ultimately these syndicates, these crime gangs, these these failed uh, tyrants, they understand that they're the reason their kids are starving. I think they're looking for help. And they've been doing this, listen, four decades. I mean, you yeah, know, they, I know. they started when, when Joe amazing. Biden was just an, uh, an early senator stealing and robbing the people. Thank you very much, though, for the phone call. I mean, people are aware of exactly what happens. It's it's it, And you're also seeing in, in other Chicago areas, how they're aware of the death and destruction and the mayhem by Democrat policies that are destroying a once great city. Ironically, this clip I'm going to play from you, this girl doesn't sound like, um, I don't know, she's been here long. However, she was a business owner, and she's also the victim of Democrat policies. New tonight at 10, a store owner on the southwest side now afraid for her safety and her business. A terrifying robbery was all caught on camera. You can see here the armed thieves pushed their way into the jewelry store in Gage Park. Our Maribel Gonzalez spoke with the owner about what happened and the toll it has taken. It's as if they waited for the right moment. That's what Maria Coronel, the owner of this jewelry store, Joyeria Molina in Gage Park, says about four armed men wearing masks who broke into her business last Thursday. Breaking the glass displays and getting away with thousands of dollars in merchandise. Watch closely from this angle. This surveillance video shows how they were able to get into what is normally a locked door. As this customer in red exits, one of the robbers rushes to the door before it closes, letting the other ones in. A fourth person seen coming out of this white car before also entering the store. This is the business owner's world. And you could see she's not really knocking it down. She's fighting to stay alive, fighting to be a decent person. Maria was working this day. You can see in the video one of the thieves pointing the gun in her direction. She tells us in Spanish she heard one of them telling her to get on the ground. Terrified, she ran out of the store instead. Maria says she hasn't cried about the incident until now. As she tells us how grateful she is that her children were not in the store during these moments of terror. See, because if you have small businesses, Squirrel, that's where you work a lot more than any uh, any uh, organized syndicate mafia member. There's no such thing as breaks or days off. And your family, they, they do their homework at the counter because you're fighting to stay a lot. And the government's only obligation is to enforce the laws so that you're secure. But in Democrat sewers, they don't do that. They side with the perpetrators and the criminals. That she got away uninjured. The shock of the incident now setting in for this new business owner who had opened her store only about a year and a half ago. Maria, the jewelry store owner, tells me she's still unsure if she will keep her business open. Well, you don't have to be a registered financial advisor to tell her it's not worth it. 
if the government's not going to live up to its obligation. Who do you work for anyway? By the way, the kids that robbed her look like CPS students. 30000 per head. The property taxpayers pay for that. I wonder if they can read. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. We have the example of why to reject government supremacy all around us, and yet the American people are ignorant and entitled and spoiled, which is why they give away the principles of their nation and mirror so many of the other failed communist, Marxist, socialist countries. My next guest understands the danger in that. She was a missionary in Russia in the late 90s. She's the author also a director of a new documentary based on the book. The book, Beneath Sheep's Clothing, The Communist Takeover of the Culture in the USSR, and the parallels in today's America. So here's the thing about communism. When it comes knocking at your door, it doesn't say, Hi, I'm here to impoverish, enslave, and murder you. It says, I'm here to liberate you from oppression. I thought of myself as a happy kid. I was going to school. I was playing. And I had no idea that I was being brainwashed. She is Julie Beeling, writer and director of Beneath Sheep's Clothing. Julie, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a very important topic, and it's obviously something if you have been awake and understand the principles of the cancer of communism, you know that it kind of festers in bureaucracies and corrupt governments. And uh, I believe that's what it's done and destroyed my once great city of Chicago. I witnessed it myself as these people sell themselves as true believers in utopia. But the reality is it never really works out that way, does it? Yeah, not so much. So what do you see here in this country, and how did you, you know, do you go back to the beginning when Russia was in economic times before it became the USSR, or do you take off at the end and what you saw in the 90s? Well, I mean, I was there as a missionary just a few years after the collapse of the Soviet Union, and what one of the things that shocked me the most is that out of maybe like a thousand people that I asked if they believed in God, there was only one person who said they were an atheist. And that definitely piqued my interest in how that could be. And I ended up writing my master's thesis on underground Christian movements in the Soviet Union after I got back from my mission going to grad school in Russian and East European studies. And then I um, really delved into the tactics of the Soviet state, mostly from the end of world, from World War II to perestroika, uh, where they had fine-tuned their tactical repertoire a little bit. And, and I was surprised in 2008 when I began seeing those same tactics occurring in America. And I took a closer look and I found that they were here, some of them for practically a century. And that was when I began working on my book, published the book last year. Documentaries coming out in January, Beneath Sheep's Clothing Movie. I hope people will see it because it's really important for us to understand this Marxist playbook to dismantle America's culture 
through our schools and our churches primarily is what I address. You know, it's interesting when you're from Chicago, you have a an opportunity to grow up with a lot of families that fled these communist corrupt nations, be they socialist sure. or Marxist, whatever they call themselves. And I had the good fortune of being um, friends with somebody who fled the Soviet Union. Their father did. They were lucky enough to be born in America. Right. And uh, one of them passed away recently, and I went to his funeral, and he was Russian Orthodox. And you mm-hmm. see the, the, the tradition, the massive tradition in the Orthodox community in Russia. What happened to them under communism? Yeah, so the Russian Orthodox Church, I mean, at the, the very get-go with Lenin, they were rounding up and executing, you know, Orthodox clergy. Those who weren't executed were imprisoned. Uh, there was a mass imprisonment of, of Christian clergy. It was, it was a bloodbath initially, but what happened is that backfired, and it bred a lot of underground religious activity. And so, again, by the, by the end of World War II, the Soviet government retooled their tactics, and they're like, okay, we're going to stop persecuting all Christians. We're just going to infiltrate the churches with KGB agents and control them from within, and then we're just going to persecute. We're going to keep our heavy persecution for the fringe dissident Christians who won't cooperate. So that's one of the so things that happened. Your movie and your book talks about the parallels here in America, and I can't help but notice that seems to be the agenda of the American FBI lately, as they question yeah. Latin-speaking uh, Christ, uh, Catholics and the rest of it. Is that what you mean by parallels, how our government mimics the very beginning of the Bolshevik takeover of Russia? Yeah, well, I mean, that happened after my book was published, and I wrote most of my book over a decade ago. So it, people, most people will be surprised to hear that the literal infiltration with communists into America's churches began over a century ago. And it occurred, um, it was funded by big, huge-named capitalists. Everyone would recognize their name. And it was done through um, the seminaries and through the National Council of Churches that roughly half of America's mainline Christian churches belong to. So how, uh, so you wrote this book a, a decade ago? I wrote 80% of my book over a decade ago, yeah. So those are the Obama years. Uh, Yeah, in 2008. Yeah, there was something that happened in 2008 that really um, disturbed me. That was it reminded me of how the Soviets treated their unpopular um, fringe Christian groups that they call cults. Uh, There was a group that had all their children taken from them with no due process. It's a, a religious cult sect here in America that everyone hates. So no one seemed to care about it. But I was like, that's exactly what the Soviets did to the Baptists and the Pentecostals, um, and accusing them of child abuse. Communism itself, in in, in my opinion, communism itself is a religion. It's based on nothing. Yes. Their schemes don't work. They're lies. Uh, But but they always promise this heaven here on earth. And you know, it's funny being from Chicago. Chicago, I I believe, is the communist capital of America. Communism has been here just as long as it's been in Europe. Um, we have yeah. communist organizations that had paper. They, they, they've infiltrated the, the, uh, the, the politics in Chicago writ large. I think it was hybrided by a guy by the name of Saul Alinsky, who hybrided mm-hmm. communism with the hope of a socialist utopia, but understood to collaborate with the then-organized syndicate. And I think that America has a new spin on it, and yet they still keep waving the Democrat flag. Is that the big fear, is that they're not as upfront as the European communists were? At least they had the courage to tell you they were communists and Marxists and whatnot. 
Well, I mean, what I found is that most people who are enabling the communist agendas in America don't consider themselves communists. And they actually don't know that what they're promoting is a communist agenda or a Marxist agenda. So we have all of the woke stuff, all the critical race theory and queer theory and gender theory. All of those agendas are a Marxist construct. And the vast majority of people who promote those ideas have no idea about that, no clue. So when you when you go back and you study the survival tactics of the of the people that lived through it, it's 72 years it took from the beginning to the end. One yeah. thing that, that strikes me is where is religion now in Russia? Because when I review some of the news, it seems to be a big staple of their government. They seem to have embraced the Orthodox Church of Russia. And in fact, if you look at some of the, uh, the beginning scandal of the uh, conflict between Russia and Ukraine, it was because Ukraine had been persecuting Russian-speaking Orthodox people. And they had killed uh, up to 18,000 in the eight-year war no one wants to talk about now. So I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. did the Russian government make a transition and then say, okay, we're going to embrace Russian-speaking Orthodox people because their church seems to be flourishing now, unless I'm misinterpreting some information? No, that's that's true. But you also can go back to the Tsarist era, where the the insignia of the Russian Empire was a two-headed eagle, and one head was the Tsar, the other head was the Russian Orthodox Church. So the, the Orthodox Church and the Tsar co-ruled the country for hundreds of years. And so there, it's basically a, re- a return a, a return to that. And, I mean, the Russian Orthodox Church, I believe there are a lot of really good-hearted people who have legitimate faith. Uh, there is a lot of corruption. I mean, the Russian Orthodox Church at the— at the time of the collapse of the Soviet Union, the patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church himself was a KGB agent who had infiltrated decades before. And there's still massive KGB influence in the, in the Orthodox Church. So communism, communism coexisting with religion, it has only really been even remotely achieved in Cuba, right? Where they still remain Catholic to a certain extent or Christian to a certain extent. But are well, they the really? Communists, the communists, the communists used the Catholic priests in Latin America with their liberation theology. They they decided to use that influence to bring communism to those nations. Wow, you've just explained yeah. the new pope to me. Well, he's not that new anymore. But um, I'm wondering, yeah. do you go back to the 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 time before the the communists took over? Do you focus on the fact that? At one time, the leader of Russia, Germany, and England were all cousins. Do you go that far back, or do you st- simply take over from the the communist takeover of Russia? Well, I mean, we do in the documentary and, and in my book, there is a little bit of background of, of history of Tsarist Russia, but the vast majority is focusing on um, the Soviet era, and particularly after post-World War II, um, because, again, that was when their tactics were more sophisticated to try to co-opt um, and control Christianity. And that's what we're seeing in America is not, you know, we don't have all-out brutality against all Christians here, at least not yet. Um, but there are, you know, they pick, there's a picking and choosing of who gets the brunt of, you know, like conservative Catholics get the brunt of the FBI. Other groups can get the brunt of the government forces. But the, but the churches that will go along with this regime— um, they're not going to be persecuted. They'll, they'll yeah. be boosted up. 
Well, that's always the way. It's like an organized crime. Cut me in or cut it out. And in the beginning, yeah. they appear to be your friends until they don't need you anymore. But I'm wondering, so you, you, you go in the late 90s, right after the fall of the Soviet Union, and you're a missionary there, and then you come back to America, and that's when you went to school. And uh, mm-hmm. when did you discover the similarities between the, the, the so-called righteous bureaucracy here in America and what you had witnessed collapse in the Soviet Union? When did it make sense to you that this is exactly what's happening in America? Well, it was a very slow process. Like, I was really, I think I had a unique experience that my major professor in graduate school herself was a former Soviet dissident. She escaped the Soviet Union in the 70s um, by the skin of her teeth. And she was very anti-communist, and I don't think that's the case for most professors in most Russian departments in America. So I got that really unique experience. So I really got to see what communism did, and it it was horrifying um, and quite depressing, actually. Um, And it wasn't until 2008, like I mentioned, a few years later that I I saw on the news that this unpopular Christian cult – quote-unquote, had their children removed with no due process. They had tanks showing up on their premises and snipers. That's that's when I was like, okay, what's going on here? This is looking pretty Soviet to me. Um, and, and you're talking yeah, about Waco? I'm talking about, um, actually, the FLDS in oh. 2008. In Eldorado, yeah, Waco Texas, was in the yeah. nine. Yeah, Waco I mean, was a And Waco older. was 1993. Mm-hmm. There, I addressed that in my book and my documentary as well. That was the, actually the most horrifying incident out of everything in my book, in my documentary, is what happened in Waco. So it's interesting how that's getting a little more attention in the beginning when it was happening. I was, you know, I was obviously working and the way it was spun by the government and, and the way in which you saw how media just took the dissertation of government rather than presenting any kind of uh, idea of, of 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 what was actually happening, and you see this resurgence now of of curiosity to it. You see Netflix specials and all the rest of it. Where do you think the American people fall um, when they're presented with the right ideas or the right information? Do you think that they often agree with the American government's spin on things? Uh, <clears throat> Um, by government spin, like you mean, like propaganda? Like, what? Give me a little bit more. Well, I, I, I think when you when you reflect on what happened in Waco, when you when you live through that experience and the way in which the media was telling us what happened and the cult leader and the rest right. of it, you know, you were chanting for uh, Janet Reno, and you were right. like, go, you know, go get it, the information. And now, as time goes out, you're talking what twenty five, thirty years. Uh, yeah. uh, of what happened. You're seeing documentaries that are saying, well, we weren't really bothering anybody, and you see these documentaries, and there's, I think there's a shift in, boy, what happened? And then you saw the FBI when they had the, uh, his name escapes me, uh, not the Waco, but he was an affiliate somehow, and his child got killed by a FBI agent, and then yeah. the whole family Ruby wiped up. Ruby, yeah, Ridge. Ruby Ridge. You know, when you see that, I think at the time, if the people had that information, there would have been a different climate in the country. And I'm wondering what you Yeah, think. that was before. Yeah, it was before the internet and that was when still when there was great trust in the mainstream media. I mean, I watched the whole Waco thing happen on the news. I was 18 years old at the time and I believed everything that the news told me just like 99.9% of the rest of America. Um and it wasn't until later when I started delving into the actual facts that it just a horrible picture emerged and you know one of the most horrifying things, there's many with this incident, they had a, a made-for-TV movie that came out. They started filming the week after this yeah. incident where 76 men, women, and children died. 
and they and the filmmaker actually came out later and apologized the scriptwriter saying that it was pure Hollywood propaganda this this made for TV movie pegs David Koresh as this crazed murderous suicidal cult leader which that's not that's not the reality of it I mean you can think he's crazy but he was not murderous or suicidal um, and um, to, to really frame the minds of the people that oh yeah these people killed themselves they killed their kids end of story um, we really have to be careful of propaganda um, coming against any any group, including unpopular religious groups. Well, I couldn't help but when I read your title to think of Barack Obama, Beneath Sheep's Clothing, the Communist Takeover of the Culture. And it says, you know, in the USSR and the parallels in today's America. So it, it, it's I'm hoping yeah. that the Internet and that the 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 still. I don't know if it's allowed, even though we're facing censorship and so many of the same things that these communist nations face. But at least there's still a lot of people who are curious. I think there's a tremendous, the timing is right for the bulk of America to be very suspicious of anything that comes out of the government. And I think there's still yeah. that glimmer of hope. And I'm wondering after your documentary, after the book, are you still hopeful that uh, righteousness can defeat the uh, lie by the uh, yes. cheap clothed government always promising utopia? Yes, I mean, I think at this point we're going to have some chaotic things regardless. But yes, I think that we can have a mass awakening. My goal with the documentary is specifically showing the Marxist playbook to dismantle our education system here in America and our churches. And these agendas are very far gone already. But if enough people wake up to these agendas quickly, yes, we can put a stop to it. It might, we can slow it down. We can, we can prevent it from being fully implemented. And we have to, we have to protect our, our children from this. So I notice you're also fluent in, in the Russian languages, in two of them. Um, when you look at the climate today, where do you fall on Russia and their, 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 their religious, their acceptance of Russia? Are they accepting the, the, the religion in Russia now, today? And uh, I remember mm, in the yeah. beginning, you know, the turmoil of Ukraine and the, and the way in which they went after the Russian Orthodox. Where do you fall in on that? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't have enough information to come to have a full opinion on all of it. But I do. I look at the people for the Russian government. First of all, they are they are hostile to the quote unquote foreign um, churches. Um, and they did kick a lot of churches out of Russia. They want to promote Russian orthodoxy. They want that to cement the culture together. Um, and they don't want, you know, foreign missionaries there. Um, and they haven't for over a decade. So religious freedom is not doing that great in Russia. But yes, they are definitely promoting uh, faith with with the Russian Orthodox Church. Um, I mean, I don't trust Putin further than I can throw him. But I no, neither do I. Do not tr- do not trust uh, the government of Ukraine. No. Uh, nor do I trust our government individuals who have collaborated with Ukraine over these many years um, in order to antagonize Russia. So I think it's a bad situation all around. I and do, too. The people suffer. Yeah, I do, too. And you know what bothers me is the the inability for the, the mainstream media or the, the, the sheer censorship of it to remind people yeah. of the allegation that the, the Ukrainian government was killing Russian Orthodox people that, uh, you know, they were embroiled in a, in a war for eight years, a civil war. You don't hear yeah. anything about it. And that shows yeah. you that we don't have media. We have Pravda. And that's why I've never, uh, obviously you're right on topic. Even though you wrote the book 10 years ago, the do- documentary is out. When is it out? Is it out now or next month? January, January. Mm-hmm. Where can they go and watch it? Cause I'm very curious. I can't wait to see it. 
Well, go to beneathsheepsclothing.movie. People can watch the full trailer there. Very soon we'll have information on our live premieres and online premiere. We have live premieres um, starting January 11th in Phoenix, Arizona, then St. George, Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah. We'll have one in southern um, South Florida. We do have uh, James Lindsay who's going to be at our premieres. Trevor Loudon will be at one of them. Those are some of the individuals I interviewed. Um, and the online premiere is probably going to be January 19th, but people can go to beneathsheepsclothing.movie, get on my email list, and I'll email you the details when they're out. But this is really, again, this movie is for everyone with children or grandchildren who are school age. It's for all Christians, and it's for anyone who cares about freedom. We really have to save our culture and save our country. She is Julie Beeling. Well, when you have it in South Florida, will you come on uh, and remind me? I may show up at it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate you, and I can't wait to see the movie. Thank you, Julie. Thanks. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. Thought you'd save that for Friday, Squirrel, but I like the way you think. Not quite Ukrainian enough, but we get the hint. Kira, Indiana. Wait a minute, what are you, talking to me through a hat? What happened to you? Are you getting kidnapped? Can you, can you hear me? Now I can. Get nervous. I think the KGB's after your ass. Go ahead. They probably are. But, um, Sean, so uh, growing up as an Orthodox uh, Christian, Russian Orthodox, I'm definitely going to see that documentary. But I can tell you quickly um, why our church is not re- responding, I guess, to the Baptists and Protestants. If you Wikipedia Russian Orthodox, you will find Jesus Christ is the Father and our originator. If you go to Wikipedia for Baptists and Protestants, you're not going to see Jesus Christ as the founder. So we don't allow um, women to be pastors. Uh, we don't allow gay pride flags, priests to marry. So we follow the original church. So, yes, they don't want the watered-down version of people coming in and changing things. So that's why uh, other den- denominations are not welcome. And I'm not, I don't know what's going on in Russia right now. I definitely will see that documentary. But I, I agree. I don't want to see a woman pastor. I like that my priests get married so I can go to them for confession. And uh, I'm still going to stick with my uh, original Russian Orthodox. Well, I mean, I, 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 you know, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in a couple of, ca- of occasions. But one thing uh, I'm, I'm fascinated and I want to see is how it existed for 72 years under the religion that destroyed Russia called communism. And that's the part that I find fascinating, um, because, you know, the reality is when you see the FBI target Latin speaking Catholics openly as they uh, uh, somehow have permitted Chicago communists like Saul Alinsky and their disciples to infiltrate bureaucracies within our government. That's kind of a tip off to me whose side they're on. And it ain't mine. But people's faith is stronger. And so is God. So we'll see, Sean. Eh. Thank you very much. And in either case, I win because I know that Odin uh, wants me to go to war and fight in Valhalla and then fool around with the Shield Maidens. Thank you very much, Kira. Cream Puff Jim, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. Jackie Smith. What is that, one of the Charlie's Angels or the guy who dropped Roger Staubach's pass? Who are you talking about? Captain Smitty. Captain Smitty, the guy uh, working on Trump. He 
he pulled it in one, which is rare for a Democrat. He, he oh, no, it's not. Court. Pete no, Buttigieg yes, made a career of that. No, no, the Republicans always run into the period of prisoners who run the tug on the uh, on their robes. But anyway, he's he's one of the Supreme Court saying that Trump is not. He cannot yeah. do with impunity anything he feels like doing. He's got to return his silverware to the White House because you can't steal everything. Do you think because that he president. can peel Sotomayor off of that judicial buffet or Elena Kogan get the cream puff out of her mouth? How do you think they're going to go down it? How do you think those step and fetch Democrats are going to roll? I know. Same way to Cook County, who sit on the uh, Table of Wisdom LLC with Ed Burke, are going to rule. They're Democrats. In the meantime, I don't really care about uh, how they rule. I really don't. I know what my opinion is. I know exactly what's happening before my eyes. You're watching uh, the greatest theft election two times in a row. It'll be the same exact thing in 2024, even if they pretend to allow him to win. Because after all, he won in 2020. I know. You're not supposed to think about that. But I remember exactly what happened in 2020. I want to get you up to speed uh, on the big story of the day. The outcome, of course, of the presidential election votes still being tallied in multiple states, including Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia and Nevada. Uh, The Biden campaign saying it is every single one of those states. When they shut the countdown, Trump was in the massive lead. In fact, the only way. Biden could have mathematically even won as if he won every percentage that was yet uncounted. But he didn't. In the meantime, we are here. Now, one thing you know about Joe Biden, if you know anything, is Joe Biden was always a fraud, especially when it came to academics. When it came to his speeches, what did he do? A plagiarist stealing from JFK, stealing from England, politicians in England. That's who he is. But then again, that's who all the Democrats are. Isn't it? So are you really that shocked when you find out about the so-called, uh, what was she, uh, Honey Bunny, the leader of Harvard, the Harvard president? She's not really interested in, in, in any kind of academics. She's a fraud, just like Joe Biden. Shocking new reporting has emerged uh, for a potential plagiarism scandal surrounding Harvard University President Claudine Gay. Conservative writer Christopher Rufo wrote on X that uh, Chris Brunette and he have obtained documentation demonstrating that Harvard President Claudine Gay plagiarized multiple sections of her Ph.D. thesis, violating Harvard's policies on academic integrity. Harvard has policies. See, Harvard isn't a college anymore. If you know what they are, they're pretty much a hedge fund that has classes. Uh, It's interesting how you see the Democrats attack a conservative by the name of Stefanik. Well, she would know. After all, she's an alum. There is a reason why the testimony at the Education and Workforce Committee garnered one billion views worldwide. And it's because those university presidents made history by putting the most morally bankrupt testimony into the congressional record, and the world saw it. As a Harvard graduate, I'm reminded of Harvard's motto, Veritas, which goes back and it's older than the founding of our country. It goes back to the 1640s. Let me be clear. Veritas does not depend on the context. This is a moral failure of Harvard's leadership and higher education leadership at the highest levels. And the only change they have made to their code of conduct, where they failed to condemn calls for genocide of the Jewish people, the only update to the code of conduct is to allow a plagiarist as the president of Harvard. Are you shocked? Why? She's an affirmative action hire. 
Now, I remember Veritas not only being the motto of Harvard, but remember Project Veritas and James O'Keefe? Well, he discovered yet another, another prima facie evidence of absolute government supremacy and this idea that affirmative action is going to somehow make this utopia that the Communist Party in America still promises. So we take underrepresented and gender. you got to move both forward by a percentage. That leads to a plus on your bonus. By the way, if you lose, you lose part of your bonus. I'm not trying to finesse this. So for blacks, we should try to get towards 13 point something percent. On Hispanics, you got to get into the mid-teens. So let me say it. Asians in the U.S. are not an underrepresented minority in a tech company. James O'Keefe here outside of IBM's corporate headquarters in Armonk, New York. An IBM insider has provided us with an internal video showing the CEO of IBM, Arbin Krishna, using coercion to fire people and take away their bonuses unless they discriminate in the hiring process. Let me go. So do you think they're going to fire this affirmative action hire at Harvard any more than they're going to fire the affirmative action hires in the Biden administration or at these tech companies? Because after all, you think that they're virtuous. They don't care about the people. This is all a scheme to protect the Ponzi scheme that is our government. Because all of these companies, all of these colleges get financial rewards for practicing racism. And the people who are in America, the actual Americans, whether they're white or black or Asian or Mexican or Indian or whatever they are, we're not all like this. Here's a girl who refuses to be categorized categorized under her race and she could take advantage of it after all she's a minority but she's not willing to sell out her dignity or her country this is why i have hope for the future this is a black american success story by the name of simone what's her first name honey bunny raven simone i didn't know anything about her she's an actress but more importantly she makes you proud to be an american i'm tired of being labeled i'm an american i'm not an african-american i'm an american Oh, girl, don't Don't set up your Twitter on fire. (laughs) Do you know who she's talking to, Squirrel? Another African-American who took advantage of America and is a billionaire by the name of Oprah Winfrey and now pretends to be down with the struggle. I love her reaction rather than chanting exactly what Miss Simone is speaking. What? I'm sorry. (laughs) What did you just say? Stop, stop, stop the tape right now. Okay. I will say this. What? I mean... I don't know where my roots go to. Mm -hmm. I don't know how far back they go. I can't go on, you know, I don't know how far back and I don't know what country in Africa I'm from. But I do know that my roots are in Louisiana. I'm an American. And that's a colorless person. Because we're all people. I have lots of things running through my veins. I mean, you're going to get a lot of flack for saying you're not African-American. You know that, right? I don't label myself. Okay. So I want you to say what you really mean by that. What I really mean by that is I'm an American. Isn't that wonderful and refreshing? Isn't that amazing? And she's talking to a billionaire. But they make more money by race baiting, by race manipulation, by fraud and lies. They make the money. Like a black man, also half white, who became the president of the United States. You don't think he's a racist? You're wrong. Here's a clip from his new movie on Netflix. I'm asking for you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be dulled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. I agree. What? I can't stand white people. Marx, Karl Marx, his girlfriend Ingalls. I hate those white bastards. How about all of the, the Soviets 
I hate those white Brezhnev, Khrushchev, hate them all. Can't stand white people. I really hate the American white ones that destroy my once great city and now my country. The American communists here. I hate those white ones. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I don't know, Squirrel, you think they're going to refer to this in the future as American Dark Ages or the Century of Humiliation like they did China? One thing's for sure, this is the first time in American history that racism is accepted and promoted by government. That's for certain. Tonight, the president of the Illinois NAACP is coming under fire for disparaging comments she made about migrants in video provided to ABC. I lo- I, this is another profiteer of racism, a race-baiting profiteer. Seven, Teresa Haley calls migrants, quote, savages. Tonight, she is denying it. ABC7 political reporter Craig Wall has more. Is it the Bart Simpson? I didn't do it. I didn't do it on a call for her resignation and reaction from those defending her. Once you agree to take that funding... In a recent Zoom call meeting with NAACP leaders from around the state, Illinois President Teresa Haley is answering a question from a participant when she begins talking about all the migrants coming to Chicago and how they are living on the streets and that black people have been in similar predicaments for a long time and no one cares. But these immigrants have come over here, they've been raping people. They've been breaking into homes. They're like savages as well. They don't speak the language. I thought she said she didn't do it. Didn't I just hear her do it? That's what you got to love about Democrats. I didn't do it. I, I have you on tape doing it. I still didn't do it. Just ask Ed Burke. Dennis, Milwaukee. Uh, Sean, I always like to end the day with you and your show. It really huh. keeps me uh, uh, alert. Thank but you. here's the bottom line, right? We got to stop promoting because of what people are and rewarding because of what people are and start getting back to the basics of the American value of what they do. You mean a meritocracy where black people, white people, all people of all races could make something out of their lives? You mean like that? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Uh, I love that, Dennis. You're a traditionalist. And that policy also led to black Americans having the fifth most successful economy in the world, like Oprah Winfrey. We'll be back in 21 hours to expose the government mafia and fraud. In the meantime, have a good, safe night if you're in Chicago. Serpentine! Serpentine! Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.